I don't, I don't get to stand up here very often. Just in case I haven't had a chance to meet you, I am Leah. I'm Alex's wife, and I'm super excited to be up here to share with you guys today. Um, first of all, happy Mother's Day. Yay! I'm, I'm all about celebrating the holidays, so we're definitely going to celebrate the holidays today. I love Mother's Day. And just put a little commercial in for next Saturday. We have our ladies' brunch. Um, it's going to be super fun. Last year, it sold out, so don't wait until the last second to get your tickets. It's next Saturday. You can go to lifepointfc.com, and you can sign up, but you pr I promise you, you don't want to miss out. It's at Potpourri House. It's so much fun. The ladies that plan it, which I'll go ahead and confess, it's not me. They do a phenomenal job. So I'm excited. I don't even know what else is going to be there, but I'm super excited. Um, I do already have my ticket, so I am ready. Um, today, I actually have the privilege of starting a brand new series, which I'm like, oh my goodness. Now, I'm, not only am I speaking, but I got to like kick off a whole series at church. Um, so, um, the series is Ups and Downs, Nav Navigating the Challenges of Family Life. Now, everybody knows, I mean, it would probably take a year to cover every <laughs> challenge of family life, but we have some great ones coming up, some great next couple of Sundays that we'll be just talking about all different sorts of challenges that come up, and I promise you don't want to miss it. It's going to be some great stuff. So don't miss out on any of the weeks, but today I'm starting with navigating family life in hectic seasons. So, if you're not in a hectic season, congratulations. You'll probably be in a hectic season soon. If you're in a hectic season, you're probably like, where is the light at the end of that tunnel? Um, hopefully, it will come soon. <laughs> um, if you say, is there not a hectic season? I'm with you right there. I'm like, they're all hectic. Um, so, a couple of weeks ago, my daughter, Katie, she just turned 16 this week. Yay! Um, <laughs> I feel like... Yeah, I, I won't get, I sometimes I get tempted to get ahead of my message because I'm like, yeah, but I won't, I won't. Okay, so she turned 16 this week, so yay for Katie. Well, a couple of weeks ago, she came to me and she asked me, she said, hey mom, I need help with my homework. Okay, I don't know about you guys, but I'm way out of school and I don't know how to do any of that schoolwork anymore. So they have learned actually never to ask me that question. They usually don't come to me and say, hey mom, how do I do my homework? So when she came to me and she said, mom, I have a question about homework, I was kind of happy. I didn't tell her, but inside I was like, oh, she thinks I might know an answer, you know, because what 16-year-old thinks their mom knows the answer, you know? None. Um, but she's like, so I'm like, yes. She comes to me and she says, mom, so mom, I have to write this persuasive paragraph, okay? She said, the topic of this persuasive paragraph is every rule should be broken once. And I was like, okay, I seriously was like, hmm, 
Is there a rule out there that should be broken at all? Like, I, if you, if you know anything about me, you know I love rules. I mean, it's really bad. I love a good rule. Put me, give me all the rules and I'll follow them. Like, sometimes even Alex, like, I'm really bad about reading rules when, you know, they're posted someplace. I make it my job to read the rules and let the whole family know all the rules. And Alex is like, He's not a rule follower like me, so he's always like, um, honey, if you just wouldn't have read it, we wouldn't have known. I'm like, no, we got to read the rules. So I'm a rule follower. So when you ask me that question, like, what's a, like, I can't even think of one rule to break. Why would there be any more? I was truly stumped. And so what does every good mom do when she's stumped? She Googles it. <laughs> I literally Googled, what's a good rule to break? And I honestly, it gave me some rule. I don't know what it was because obviously it didn't make a, a big uh, impression on me, but I'm not into breaking rules. So I uh, don't know what it was. Who knows what she wrote? I hope she got a good grade. Okay, that's all I can say. Um, so as much as I personally love rules and, you know, love to follow rules, there's actually one rule that I'm going to confess to you guys. I am not good at, and I break it all of the time. Um, now, this is not some just random rule out there um, that, you know, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, what random rules are out there, but if this is not a random rule out there, this is actually something in the Bible. And it's not just a small little rule in the Bible or command in the Bible. This is actually one of the Ten Commandments. Um, Remember the Sabbath day, you know, like that rest day? Um, yeah. Now, if you ask me, like, some of the other Ten Commandments, you'd be like, okay, Leah, like, you want to go kill somebody with me? No, I don't want to do that. You can, or, hey, do you want to, like, uh, worship some false idols? No way. But if you say, hey, Leah, can you add one more thing to your calendar, and can you fit it in? Guess what Leah's probably going to say? Yes, <laughs> I can do one more thing. I can do it all. I can kill myself, you know. Um, honestly, you know, um, this is one of those commandments that our society deems acceptable to break. You know, we just hustle, hustle, hustle. Get it all done. Do it all. Don't stop for anything. I mean, we have the concept that being busy is a sonic system success. Now, how many times have you all in here thought, okay, once I meet this deadline, I'm going to rest? Or, or like Leah today, once I get this over with, <laughs> talking in front of other people, I'm going to rest. Or once my kid sleeps through the night, or once I get my kids in school, or once my kids graduate, or they learn to drive, I am going to rest. Um, we've all been that way. We've all had all of these little things that were like, we're, it's going to be the next season. It's the next season. But if you're like me, you know, those next seasons, they come up with something new that have to do. You have to pay off the mortgage now. You have to take care of an elderly parent. You have to, they never stop. All of these hectic seasons never stop. And I think rest is so important. And it's one of those things that me personally, I've struggled with it so much, the idea of rest. Because I think, what are, 
I'm telling you the real stuff today, okay? <laughs> I think, what are people going to think about me if I say, no, I need to rest? Like, even my family, I'd be like, no, I feel bad. I, gotta, I can do this. I can do this. And I just keep pushing and pushing myself. And, you know, that's society and how it looks. But this is super important. God has given us this freedom. He's given us this gift of rest. And it's for our good. I promise you, well, at least I am. When I rest, I'm a nicer mom. I'm a nicer employee. I'm a nicer coworker. I'm a nicer, much nicer wife. <laughs> My husband can digest to that. Um, now, now 20, 20, almost 21 years or 22, I can't remember either. I'm almost that into it. He does know me a little bit more. Um, the concept, so because I've struggled with it so much, and to be honest with you, I struggle with it to this week. I was struggling, you know. I mean, I know Alex always talks about a lot of times when he's preaching messages, it's something that, like, whatever he's talking about, he's really struggling with it. And of course, I was really struggling with this week too. And so, to be honest with you, I'm saying this all out loud to you guys because somebody's got to hold me accountable, <laughs> number one. And number two, I want to just share a little bit about what I have studied over the last year concerning rest. So hopefully you take the freedom. Take the freedom in this gift that God has given us to rest. So let's jump into it. Now, the Sabbath day was first mentioned in Exodus in the Bible. But we're going to go back to Genesis 2 where the concept of rest, um, Jesus resting when the world was created was first mentioned. I love it. Let's read Genesis 2.2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Now, let's look at the beginning of the verse. Can you put it back up there just for a second? Sorry, messing people up. And on the seventh day, God ended his work. Now, if you know anything about creation, um, in six days... God created in the heavens and the earth. So you would kind of think of the idea of, okay, on the sixth day, God ended his work. Well, in all my studying, I came up with, with this great concept that I read in a book by, it was a 20th century rabbi. His name is Abraham Heschel. And he gave the concept that on the seventh day, God created rest. He looked at the first six days and everything was complete, but something was missing. The idea of rest, the concept of rest. And in this Genesis 2, the word for rest is manua. That's the Hebrew word. And manua means so much more than just a, um, like a withdrawal from labor and all of that stuff. It means serenity, peace, um, tranquility. So when we're talking about rest, we're not just talking about what we're not doing. It's more of an opportunity to be able to respond to God's blessing. So many times we fill up our lives 
And we never take the time to respond to the blessings that God has for us because we're so busy doing our own thing, we totally miss it. I love this idea of God creating rest. It was a capstone of creation. It was something that the world was not complete unless there was rest. To me, that shows to God, to us, it should show to us, and obviously God wanted us to see how important rest was. We get to respond to his blessing. Now, before you say, oh, I've already turned you off, <laughs> because I, you don't have babies at home, so I know you can rest. You don't do this, you don't do that, you don't have this, you don't have that. I, I understand. I, we all have very different circumstances. But I truly believe rest is for all of us. I believe it was created as a gift for all of us. Jesus in the Bible never said, hustle, 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 get everything done. No time, no time to rest. It's actually the opposite. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, it says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Every time I read that verse, I don't know if it's, maybe it's just me because I need more rest. But <laughs> I always go, ah. So just to share some thoughts with you guys, how in the world do you rest? These are some things that I'm going to share that are near to, dear to my heart that I have been practicing very, I wouldn't say diligently because I'm not quite there yet, but I have been practicing very hard to take this idea and gift of rest. So how do we rest? My first thought is to lean into Jesus. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when you um, have like one moment in your life, you sit down and you're like, okay, I'm going to rest. Nobody, everybody's asleep. No, nope, there's nothing going on. But then, if you're like me, this happens. Your mind continues to go. There's like, what if this? Or I got to do my dishes. Or I got to, what's the groceries, you know? If I don't get groceries, the whole world's going to fall apart. Or I got this at work coming up or whatever. We truly don't rest. We may be sitting down not doing something physical, but we, our minds do not stop. It is a constant thing. So how do we rest our minds? So to me, the concept of rest is all-encompassing. Physically, mentally, spiritually, all of those things you need to rest. So how do we do it? Now, this is kind of where I like the rest of that verse in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. So if you'll put it back up there for a minute. Come to me, so this is the part we read just a few minutes ago. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love this. So let me show you a picture because yoke, maybe you guys are all know what it looks like, but I'm going to remind you what a yoke looks like, just in case you haven't dealt with one lately. Okay, so a yoke, this looks like this. Doesn't look very comfortable, but there was a great purpose for this yoke. It was, if one animal tried to pull something super, super heavy, it would be either virtually impossible or, you know, very, very difficult for that animal. So they would put yokes on the oxen, 
And they, that was actually to help the oxen. So when you put the yokes on both of them, it distributed the weight. So whatever heavy that they were carrying or pulling, they didn't have to do it by themselves. That's what I love. This is the picture that Jesus was giving us. You don't have to do it by yourself. So many times in life, we go through life and we think, I have to do it all by myself. I have all the pressure on myself. I have all the weight. We walk, I mean, I don't know if I have seen this in people. They're so burdened down by the weight that they're carrying. They just, you can almost see it in their physical being of how they're walking. They're weighed down by everything. But Jesus says, we don't have to. Take his yoke. He will share the weight. I love this. Yoke helps you carry the, uh, the hard stuff. It combines your strength. And you know what else I love about the yoke? It makes the team inseparable. I don't know about you, but I need somebody on my team. <laughs> you know, a lot of times we do feel like, man, who else is on our team? Who else can share this load? Jesus can. Even if you feel like, I do not have physically somebody on this earth that can share this load with me. Jesus shares this load with you. And if you are willing to give it to him, if you're willing to lean into him, he can share your load. Now, if, if, now when I say lean in, lean in, leaning on something. I don't know about you, but if you've been tired from a long day, you lean up against the wall. The idea of leaning is putting your whole weight on something. And when you lean into something, you're usually trusting it to hold you up. Now, personally, I'm not going to lean on this because this is going to fall over. <laughs> I would be on the ground if I was leaning into this. But if I was leaning on that wall, I'm trusting that wall. Lean into Jesus. Trust and rely on him, the one who knows all and supplies everything for you. He can take care of you. Now, how do you lean in? My first suggestion is first thing in the morning. You know, you have to almost get your, because when you wake up, now maybe, maybe all these illustrations are I'm just talking to myself, but <laughs> when you first wake up in the morning, it's like, okay, what do I got for today? Oh my goodness, what do I got to get done? What's coming up? Ah, you know, first thing, get your mind, spend some time with Jesus. Get your mind focused on what he wants you to focus on. Give him all the issues and the burdens that are coming today. Focus on him. It will help you start the day leaning into Jesus. And another thing is, and this is something that I've really been practicing recently, is I would go around and I would be like stressed or worried about something and I just carried around all day. And, you know, I couldn't rest. Couldn't even take a minute to rest. Forget a whole day of rest. You know, I could take a second of rest. And I've really been practicing this, that it's a mental, physical, and spiritual rest. So when, when things come up during the day, or there's a moment you're like, man, what's going to happen? I'm worried about this, or what if, or whatever. Just take a minute right then and there. Just give it to Jesus. And I promise you, if you're like me, 10 minutes down the road, you'll have to do it again. But, but if you do give it to him and you really trust him, it will give you so much rest, serenity, tranquility, peace, that rest that our heart and our mind and everything truly deserves. So first thought is lean into Jesus. My second thought is 
learn to say no. <laughs> um, I laugh because if you know me really well, this one's the big one that I struggle with. Okay, so this is actually a short video of myself learning to say no. <laughs> okay, so that is totally me. I'm like, okay, I say yes, and then usually it's Alex that will rescue me or something. He pulls me out. I'm like, I'm gonna be better. I take like five steps down and somebody else or something, and I'm like, yes, and I fall right back in. <laughs> that is totally me. I am really bad at saying no to things. I will confess right now. Um, so I always say I'm going to commit to something else but I'm on that better path and I fall in. Um, Harriet Tubman, which was the great emancipator of many slaves before the Civil War, she said this, and I think it's so impactful. She said, I freed thousands of slaves. I could have freed thousands more if they had only known they were slaves. For so many years, I have been a slave to yes. Yes to things that take my time, money, energy. I have felt guilty more times than not for saying no to my friends, my kids, <laughs> and my husband. For so many years, I've said yes under the guise of pleasing other people by saying yes. But I truly believe that is why God gave us the Sabbath a Sabbath margin is a boundary that God has given us. It's intended for us not to become slaves to yes and just doing things that we deem we are supposed to do. Um, the children of Israel, now so many of you guys know, and poor children of Israel. I mean, to this day, I feel like, I feel like a lot of messages when we talk about the ch children of Israel in the Bible, it's always kind of negative. Oh, look at them. Look what they did, you know. And I'm like, it's totally us. It's like totally what we would have done. Um, they just got their story in the Bible, and we, we didn't. <laughs> so the children of Israel had just been freed from becoming slaves. Well, from slavery in Egypt. So they were, had been freed, and they're out wandering in the wilderness, and all of a sudden, they're like, we're so hungry. No, I know, I, I would have been them, I promise you. I'm so hungry. They're like, we're so hungry. And God said, okay, because God is the one that sees all and takes care of everything. He says, okay, I'm gonna help you. I am gonna give you manna. Now, Manna was like this wafer-like thing. It tasted like honey. I mean, doesn't sound so bad to me. But there were some rules around this concept of manna, and there were some rules in life for them um, that they had to follow. And remember, God is trying to break them away from these slavery and these slavery mindsets that they have. Let's look at Exodus 16, 26, and 27. It says, six days you are to gather it. So to gather manna. This was their rules about the manna, okay? But on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any, okay? So it's pretty, like, clear. Now, there's no black and white, right? 
for somebody that likes rules, that was clear to me. Okay, verse 27, it says, Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it. But, surprise, they found none. They didn't find any. Well, that was, that was the rule. Well, you know, there's always those rule breakers that go out. Just to check. So many times where you're like these Israelites and think we know better, but we are spinning our wheels. They were spinning their wheels when they knew what they were supposed to be doing. They were going out and trying to do something because they thought they had to do it and they didn't have to do it. We have no clue. We are slaves to the ideas of perfection for our family. We are spinning these wheels thinking if we can have one more activity we can go to, if we can volunteer one more time, if our kid can be on one more sport, if we can do this, do that. We have all these ideas for our families and we're slaves to that and we can't say no. We're so enslaved we forget to set boundaries in our life. And trust me, and moms, I'll talk to you right now, and probably dads too. It's hard to say no to your kids. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that was one thing. I mean, especially, I don't know, it's hard. It's not like, oh, that's easy. Nope, nope, nope. The, your kids might think the opposite. Your kids might think they love to say no to me, but it's not always say, easy saying no. The first and best boundary that we can have for ourselves is the word no. Boundaries create margin to say yes to what God has for us. Instead of filling up our lives, instead of running ourselves ragged, we can see, if we take a moment, what does God have for us? What does God want us to do today? I love this illustration. A super salesman, he had like the most complicated filing system ever. And he was like, I'm going to go sell this to somebody. So he went to this business and he actually sold this super complicated filing system to this great business. Well, the salesman left feeling great. A couple of months later, the salesman came back to the business and he said, hey, how's the filing system go going? And the business said, the filing system is going great. And they said, well, how's the business? Well, we had to give up the business for the filing system. What are you sacrificing for the busyness of yes and trying to fit everything into your schedule and not stopping? What are you sacrificing? Time with your family, your friends, things at the end of the day are more important than just some other things. <laughs> okay, so first, lean into Jesus. Second, learn to say no. <coughs> Sorry, that's me. <laughs> and finally, Leave the concept of Superman and Superwoman behind. Um, band, you guys can come on up. Now, I'm just going to break it to you guys. You cannot save the world. <laughs> um, I know a lot of times we're under the idea that we can try, that we can protect somebody's feelings. We can protect somebody's actions. We can respond in the right way. We can save every situation if we have the opportunity. And we will do a good job trying. But we are not miracle makers. <laughs> I'm sure you've noticed. Or you've killed yourself trying to save somebody from something. I love the story 
of um, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary in the Bible. I know we've hopped around a lot in the Bible, but um, in the Bible. And this is in Luke 23, right after, um, this is right after the crucifixion, crucifixion, Joseph had gone to Pilate and asked for Jesus's body to be taken it to be buried. So let's pick up here. This is about Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. In Luke 23, 55 and 56, the women who had come with Jesus from Galilee, so that was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary for sure, um, followed Joseph, and Joseph had just taken Jesus' body, followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath day in obedience to the commandment. So, I don't know about you, but these ladies, they're going home. They're preparing all these spices. They're getting everything ready so they can pre help prepare Jesus' body for burial. And then, here comes the Sabbath day. <laughs> oh, you mean I have to rest? It doesn't say they said that. But I don't know about you. To me, in my brain, I would have been like, I can totally justify this. I mean, Jesus is very important Forget the Sabbath day. I'm going to go do what I need to do with Jesus' body. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help this whole process. This is very, very important to me. I mean, who would blame them? Who would blame them for skipping the Sabbath? Who would blame them for going to do what they need to do with Jesus' body? So many times we have felt like we're the only ones that can do it. The only ones on planet Earth that can do something. We've got to help in this situation. We've got to save the day. But little did those ladies know that while they were resting, the miracle was happening. And they, they, didn't, they didn't need to have spices on Jesus. They didn't need to do what they thought was good, the right thing to do. Jesus can do it all. He can take care of us. He wants us to rest. He wants us to see that. I, I love these next verses. Go to verse 24. So Luke 23, 24. It says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, so after they took their Sabbath day, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. What I love about this verse, the miracle happened. They didn't need to be doing every little aspect, but what I extra, extra love is they rested, but they didn't give up. They, they went that next morning with their spices. They were ready to go. So they rested, but they didn't give up. I love that. When you are trying to be a superhuman figure, just remember the miracle happened when those ladies took their Sabbath day. God is in control. He is the one that knows all and sees all and the one that we can totally rely on. I encourage you to give what you have today to the Lord. Take the time to rest. God is still working. Thank goodness. Um, there's a story of two wood choppers. One wood chopper went to this other wood chopper and was like, let's have a competition. One of the wood choppers like, sure. So the one guy, the challenger was 
he barely stopped the whole day. He was determined to win that competition. He was chopping the wood. He shopped, stopped to eat lunch really quick, but he chopped and chopped all day. The other guy, like every time the challenger looked over at him, he was like resting and taking a little break and he took a long lunch and all of that stuff. And at the end of the day, the challenger went over to this other guy's wood pile and noticed the guy that had rested more times than he had was the one that had the most wood. And he's like, how in the world did you do that? How in the world did you get more wood than me? Every time I looked over, you were resting. And the guy said, do you know what you didn't notice? Every time I was resting, I was sharpening my axe. So I want to encourage you that resting, every time you rest, you're sharpening your axe for the next round. You will be a better mom. You will be a better dad. You will be a better employee. You will be a better coworker. Trust God with what you have. He will supply everything that you need. Rest in him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this gift of rest that you have given us. I don't think it was an accident. We know that you didn't need rest, God. I truly believe you created rest for us. And I pray that when we get in our hectic seasons of life, that we stop, take this gift you have given us. Give our worries, our what ifs, our craziness, to just lean into you, to learn to say no, and leave the concept of superwoman and superman behind because you are the God of miracles for us. Thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you for Mother's Day. Thank you for everyone that joined us this morning. And I pray that we will take this opportunity to love you even more and have an opportunity to respond to your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen.